Okay, so I want to do something a little bit different today. I want to go, it is a week to Purim, so I thought we would just do something in the Megillah, which... And next week you want to do it. Yeah, next week is Purim. Yeah. So I want so to do something in the Megillah, which is a little bit different, I hope, from what we've done, you've done before. Um, just to do something that's, uh, that's important to understand and to know. Um, might not be earth-shattering, but it's important. So let's go. Okay, so according to our minhag, we have a minhag. When you read the Megillah, and for those who are teachers of little children, it's very important. Don't know who the teachers are. Ah, look at that. Morash <laughs> Hashanah. Right, there's a minhag that we have, that during the reading of the Megillah, there are four psukim that are read, that are, that are, that are said, and then are repeated by the Balkoire. Okay, now why are those four psukim um, read? or repeated, so the, the, there are various um, reasons, but the, it seems to be that the most important one is that those four psukim are not for us. They're not for us, the adults. They're actually for the children. They're actually supposed to be taught to the children, okay, <laughs> right? They're supposed to be taught to the children that they, so that they'll be excited waiting for their pastor to come on, okay? Now, they also form fundamental parts of the... Um, of the, of the story because they, they, they frame the story in many ways. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to look at those four psukim so that we can then just understand where they fit, how they fit, what they're saying, and then we can uh, hopefully, it'll just give, it'll frame our, um, our understanding of the Megillah a little bit more. So the first pasuk is not in the first peric. The first peric is the story of the party. Okay? Now those parties were about as depraved as you could possibly imagine. It was everything. Whatever anybody wanted was there. So when we think about that, it's really speaking about the food and the drink and everything. But it was on every level. So those parties were sacred to the extent that the king calls his wife and he's prepared to kill her because she doesn't come because that's against his will. Right? Not appropriate. He's, he's advised by Haman and all the other people to, to, to kill her. He does that. We know that story unfolds. But where I really want to look is, is I want to look in Perik Bet. Uh, in Perik Bet, Pasuk number Chet. Perik Bet, Pasuk Chet is the first Pasuk. It introduces us to Mordechai. By the way, there is a school of thought, um, a current school of thought, that what... what the, these psukim do is that they frame Mordechai as the main role player in the, in the, in the Megillah, according to the way, one way of looking at it. And so therefore, there is a school of thought. It's a very conservative reform school of thought that you should also say certain psukim that, are, that, ref, that also bring out Esther's role in the, in the Megillah. You know, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for uh, pushing the role of women, but um, I think that's pushing it a little bit out of the, out of the minak. That's my personal feeling. But um, you can feel whatever you want. I'm happy to get responses. Okay, so the point is the following. So it introduces us to Mordechai. What is the introduction to Mordechai? Let's look at this quickly. Ish Yehudi Habira. There was this Ish Yehudi. What does Yehudi mean? Don't say Jew. Because Baal is the first time it's referenced in Tanakh. From Yehuda. That's the problem. Ish Yehudi Ayabushan Abira. 
Shmomar Lachai Ben Kish Ben Shimi Ben Sorry Ben Yair Ben Shimi Ben Kish Ish Yamini. He is from the tribe of Binyamin. So if he's from the tribe of Binyamin, why are we calling him from the tribe of Yehuda? That's a bit of a problem. So let us try and understand. Says the um, says Rashi. Rashi says, Al Shegala im Galut Yehuda. The reason why he's called an Ish Yehudi is because he was exiled with the Galut of Yehuda. Call Otan Shigalu Imalcha Yehuda, Hayukurim, Yehudim, Benagoyim, Vafilu, Mishavet, Acharheim. They were called Yehudim by whom? Benagoyim. The word Yehudi, I mentioned this in my Shabbos, on, uh, my, my Shira on Shabbos. The word Yehudi seems to be from here actually a very disparaging word. And it's a word that's used by the Goyim. We are not Yehudim, we are Am Yisrael. They're fundamentally different. The one is indicative of the fact that we're part, part of the exile of Yehuda, and that's Yehudim. The other one is who we are, where we're supposed to be. And we have to decide how we're going to live our lives. Are we going to live our lives as Am Yisrael, or are we going to live our lives as Yehudim? Are we going to live our lives in a, um, in a modus of Galut, or are we going to live our lives in a modus of aspiration to get back to where we belong? So we've chosen, very clearly, to live our lives in, in a mode of aspiration. And that is something very important. So this Pasuk reveals this man, um, Mordechai. We know that he's from the tribe of Binyamin. Why is that such an important fact for us to know? Say again. So we're going to say, because Shaul came from Binyamin. Why is Shaul coming from Binyamin so important? Because Shaul, really, King Shaul, kind of is like, if you go back in time, da, 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 you'll see he's kind of the cause of a lot of what happening, what's happening here. Because Shaul failed to kill Agag, as he should have killed Agag, and since he failed to kill Agag, therefore comes along uh, Haman ben Hagagi. Okay, but there's much more to it than that. And that is that this man, Mordechai, who comes from the tribe of Binyamin, not from the tribe of Yehuda, even though he's exiled with them, carries in his DNA something that none of the other tribes carry. None of the other Shvatim carry within them that which Binyamin has. So, let's go back a little bit in history. And back in history, we know that there is uh, Yaakov, after the birth of Yosef, comes back to Eretz Yisrael. And what does he do? On his way there, he, has to, he, meets, he meets his brother. When he meets his brother, what does he do? He divides the camp up into two, and then they all come and introduce themselves to Asaph. And what do they do? They all bow down to Asaph. But there's one who doesn't bow down, because he's not yet born. And that's Binyamin. Binyamin is not yet born. Binyamin is the only one who does not have it as a Masorah to bow down to the children of Asaph. Who is Agag? Agag is the grandson of Asav, well, of Asav's great-grandson, right? Who is Amalek, okay? Uh, Binyamin does not bow down to Asav in any way, which is part of the reason why the um, part of the Beit HaMikdash sits in, the, um, in the, the area of Binyamin. Binyamin does not bow down to anybody. So this is Mordechai setting up a scene for us already, that this man is going to be doing something special because of he's from the tribe of Binyamin. 
Okay? So now, now we can understand. What are we trying to show our children by telling us them about Mordechai? More than that. So number one, we're teaching them about a Masorah. There's Masorahs. People, different people have different Masorahs. What Masorah does he have? He has a Masorah, which is an unbelievable concept, right? That he will not bow down. Like, why would he not bow Just bow down, get over it and move on. It's like, it means nothing. Really means nothing. None of them were bowing down in, uh, in, uh, in worship. They were bowing down in, ref- in reverence. You know, you bow down, you say hello to the queen, the king, whatever. You're allowed, you're allowed to do that. There's no Allah that you can't do that. Right? It's protocol. Right? It's protocol. That's all it is. Exactly. You're going to go to Japan and the guy's going to bow and you say, no, I don't bow. You know, they'll take up the harikiri knife and smack you up. Right? Right? So you can't. So it's part of protocol. It's okay. They weren't worshipping, but Binyamin doesn't bow down to Asaph. That's an important thing for us to know. Sometimes in our lives, we have to teach our children, sometimes in our lives there are things you just don't budge on. Even if it means that you're going to endanger yourself. Rather die than go against those things. For Binyamin, one of them is bowing down to Asaph. Otherwise, Mordechai would have done it. He put his life in danger. Something about that. Ah, but that's a different, that's a different discussion. Okay, you got it? So that's the first pasuk. That's the first pasuk. Then, from that pasuk, the whole story unfolds. That the truth is, you're going to remember that the word Megillah means what? Megale. Reads to reveal. So, in the Megillah, we are going to be, we, things are going to be revealed to us that we didn't know about. Because they're not written in the words. They're written in, like, in the, in the, what's the word? In between the lines. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay? So, having done that, go to the story. You know the story. I don't need to go to the story. Go to chapter 8. Perek Chet. The whole story, the war, everything is happens. Perek Tet, Pasuk Tet Vav. Sorry, Chet. Sorry, Chet Tet Vav. The next pasuk that is mentioned again takes us back to Mordechai. So Mordechai is this icon of protest, let's call him. Okay? Something happens with him. So on a simple level of reading, it's very simple. Mordechai goes out from the king. He's been rewarded by the king. He's been chosen by the king as being an important person. So he goes out in, in royal clothing, which is all the different colors, or tchelet and chur, ateret zahav gudola. What's an ateret? A crown. V'tachrich butz v'argaman. Tachrich is like a jacket of butz and argaman. V'ha'ir shushan tzahala v'samecha. And the city of Shushan, tzahala v'samecha. Where do you know those words, Bala? Tzahala v'samecha. Let's just look carefully. Boi b'shalom ateret bala. Gam b'simcha uva. There's your word. So we finished 
do we finish Lacharudi as well? Gam besimcha uvet sahala. Toch emunei amskula. This is the story. Where it's coming from. Right? Look at these words. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So what, are, what does this all mean? So the, um, uh, the Ibn Ezra says, Perish tzahala katam orash ka'adam shu yoshev b'choshech v'yatzala avira olam shu afach b'loim tzai k'achaya dvar Yisrael. He says, what does tzahala mean? It's like a person who's sitting in dark, he's sitting in darkness, and then all of a sudden he comes out and he sees this beautiful world of light. That's what tzahala is. It's just like, wow, light, incredible. It's this feeling of all the darkness has left them. Revelation. Revelation. In a way, yes. Okay. Yeah, ah. Ir Shushan Sahala Vasamecha. Why the whole city of Ir Shushan Sahala Vasamecha? Why would they relieved? Why are they relieved of? But why are they so happy? As the Yid cause all the trouble. What are they happy about? The war is over. They have this one man caused this whole thing. Imagine what the Germans who weren't Nazis felt when the war ended. Just think about it. Just okay, they sucked in whatever that whatever. I'm not going into the discussion on that. But imagine what it must have felt like to say, "Wow, we don't have to be involved in this stuff anymore." That's what they felt. Then it says, And the Jews had that. So these are two psukim that we say. First we speak about, about Mordechai. Then we speak about the Jews. About the Yehudim. Okay? Says, The, the Vilna Gaon sheds us a, uh, a little bit of light here. Um, on, on, what, on what's really going on here. He says the following. What is Levush Malchut? Royal clothes. Okay, now Mordechai is about to, sh- I mean, the Vilna Gaon is about to tell us something that we didn't know before. Levush Malchut, he says, Talit Shel Mitzvah. The royal robes, well, then we're going to get to Tchelis. The royal robes are a talus. Mordechai went publicly wearing his talus because the Zohar tells us you know what the talus is atifa de malchuta it's the wrapping of kingship we forget about that we don't know you know, put on your talus no, 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 right I thought to do a different thing tomorrow morning with my talus right the talus is the clothing of malchut the techeilet okay is obviously the techeilet on the ta- on the tzitzit the Khur is the Lavan on the Tzitzit. So Mordechai goes out with his talus and his Tchelis. Okay? So what? Who cares? Why is that such a big thing? What's the... What's the... Which means what? How come he's doing it now? What's the statement he's making? Let me finish off here. The golden crown. What's the golden crown, do you think? Thank you. When we say the bracha, when men say the bracha, that you crown the Jewish people, right? what do we do? We touch a shalrosh. 
That's your shell rosh tefillin. That's the head tefillin. Um, it doesn't say it. It just he went. It just he went out. He went out. The tachrich boots. The tachrich boots are the retzuz, are the straps. Tachrich is the thing you wrap in, right? Like tachrichim, the, the, the burial shroud. The thing is, you're, he's wrapped himself with his tefillin. He says that the tefillin shall yad. And he explains something I don't really understand. That the tefillin of the rosh, uh, sorry, the tefillin of the yad um, are four levels. Argaman he uses as, as darga, the same word. Four levels higher than the tefillin shall rosh. Okay, whatever. The point is that what we got here is an image of this man Mordechai walking out with his talus and his tefillin. Okay, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful image. But why is that so important? That the response to that is Why are they so happy? Because if the Jew can walk around with his talus and tefillin. In the middle of the street, there is freedom of expression and freedom of religion. That's what's going on in that pasuk. Not so simple. Not just like oh, he walked out, he looked nice, right? What's going on is an, it's an expression of the fact that they are able to do what they couldn't do before. Why not? Because the midrashim tell us, and this is where the midrashim must get it from. The midrashim say that part of the decrees of Haman and Achashverosh, that the Jews weren't allowed to do these things anymore. They weren't allowed to walk around. You're supposed to walk around. You're talus and tefillin. Remember that as, as Nebuchadnezzar, as bad as they all, all were, right? They had no religious issue. It wasn't all stuff was national issues. They didn't destroy because of religion. They destroyed their national. It was the national archon, right? The Jewish people were exiled because that was the nation. They want to get them out of there. It's not a religious issue. It wasn't a, a fight against religion. Yeah? Because that was the symbol of the Jewish people. Right? Okay? So now, so now, and also that as, as things went on, we know that there was already a move to start rebuilding the base of being just before this, which means there was religious freedom before this. And then comes, a, 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 comes, a, a, comes along Achashverosh, and Achashverosh says, no, sorry, no more. No more, no more rebuilding, no nothing. After this, we know that then the, the rebuilding begins. The story, maybe it was Esther's son, we're not sure exactly who it was, but there's a whole story that, that's... But the point is, the point is that the people saw that the restrictions of Haman, this evil man, were over. And things were much more open. And the Jews, it says, the next passage that we teach our children, La Yehudim, to the Yehudim, Hayata Orava Simchava Sason Vikar. Beautiful idea. The, the Yidden had what? Orah, light, Vasimcha, and remember, and Vasason, and Vikar, all these words of great like happiness and joy. I'm not going to those droshes again. The Gomorrah tells us, amazing something, is that the Gomorrah says that those words don't mean what they mean. Orah is Torah, Simcha is Yontif, Sason is Britmila, and Vikar is Tfilin. That each one of those things are the things that they couldn't have before. Whilst they were under Haman and under Achashverosh, they were restricted in their religious practice. So all of a sudden, what brings the great joy to Am Yisrael is the fact that they can do mitzvahs unencumbered. And that's fundamental to them. Simcha is Yontav. Sason is Brit Mila. And Vikar is Tfilin. 
Okay? Now, what's, funda- what's amazing about this is that you look at halacha, right? What happens if on Purim, if there is a bris? Okay? When do you do the bris? Because we know, the, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, that even if there is, even Talmud Torah, even learning of Torah, which is the highest value we have, even the learning of Torah is, uh, is stopped for the reading of the Megillah. Okay? Got that? So when do you do a bris? Do you first read the Megillah and then do the bris? Or do you first read the, uh, read, do the bris and then do the Megillah? So what should you do? What should you do? Why? Oh, okay, let's go. Why should you read the Megillah? Why should you do the bris? Why do we read the Megillah? What's the purpose of reading the Megillah? It's a mitzvah, great. Okay, what's the purpose of the mitzvah? To publicize the miracle. That seems to be the highest value, is to be able to publicize, to be a Kiddush Hashem. That's what publicize the miracle means. To be Makadah Hashem Shemayim through the miracle that Hashem did. Right? That's a high, an unbelievably high value. Ah, oh, comes along Chazal and say, I want you to look carefully. What comes first in this? vikar, And it's only after that Pasuk does it speak about the, 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 the mitzvahs relating to the, to the region of the Megillah. So therefore, say Chazal, you have to understand as follows. Torah, Ora comes first, which means that when we daven, we've got to daven first, because part of our davening on uh, Purim is reading the Torah. Okay? So we daven, we read the Torah, and then we read the Megillah. Now where do we put the Brit Mila? Now there's a big machlokas about where the Brit Mila should go. In actual fact, Brit Mila should come after Megillah, because Megillah is Pirsamenissa. But our minag is to do it before before. Why is that? So I, I was learning today with someone and it was fascinating. It says as follows. If you're going to have the bris in shul, in shul, then what you should do is uh, you do the bris first and you read the Megillah because everybody's there anyway. But if you're going to have the bris in a private home, then read the Megillah and then do the bris because if you don't do that, not everybody's going to come back for the Kriyas and Megillah. So it's quite a practical, wonderful thing. But the point is that you can see that the halachic process works just in this psukim, which I think is unbelievable. They had, they had Torah, they had Yontif, they had Sasson, they had Brit Mila, Vikar, and they had Tfilin. Okay? Which is part of what we are trying to show to our children. What's so important about those four mitzvahs? Torah is Torah. Okay. What's Simcha? Yontif. Why is Yontif so important? Why is Yontav? Why do the Goyim not want us to have Yontav? So it's Doraita. But what else about it? What's this thing about? What is Yontav? We call it Yontav. But you know what it's really called? A Mo'aid. What does a Mo'aid mean? Because of the word. What? There's a word inside Mo'aid. Aid. What is aid? It's a witness to the, our relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu as a people. That's why these Chagim are so important. Sometimes when you have Pesach, we're sitting in the sukkah for eight days, like Meshuganus. Right? Because why? Because they're a testimony to our relationship to our Kodesh Baruch Hu as a nation. If you take away those, you lose your identity. 
Right? Why Brit Mila? Brit Mila is clear. You take away Brit Mila because then you, you don't have, you, you're not, you don't sanctify the fundamentals of human relationships. And Tfilin? Tfilin goes back. Because Tfilin is the thing it says, the Gemara says, that the nations of the world will see the, the Tfilin Sharosh, and that's the Pe'er. That is our glory. So when you take away our identity, and you take away our thought process, and you take away the thing that defines us as who we are, you've got no more Jewish people. That's why it's very scary and sad when, a, when, a, when people say, you know, you have, oh, it's very, it's a barbaric, bar, what's it? Barbaric. It's barbaric to do a brick miller. Well, it's not barbaric, because otherwise, you know, Hashem would have to, wouldn't have told us to do it. But it's got much bigger value than, even if it is barbaric. It's not about the barbaric, it's about the long-term value. We all seem to be okay. I mean, we're all a bit hung up and got things and issues, you know, all the men. But, you know, I don't think you can, you can put them all back to the Brit Mila. I think a lot of it's just about Jewish guilt from their mothers. Okay, so I'll just put it straight back on you. Okay, so, so that's it. So we've got the first Pasuk is Mordechai. The second Pasuk is Mordechai showing what it means to be a Jew. The third Pasuk is about what? It's about Am Yisrael taking back that which they need to define them as the Jewish people. And when you have all of those, your Megillah makes a whole different world. And the final Pasuk that we say aloud is the final Pasuk of the Megillah. So go right to the, to the final Pasuk. It says the following. Ki Mordechai HaYehudi. Keeps referring to him, to, uh, to him as that, by the way. Okay? Ki Mordechai HaYehudi. Mishneh Lamelech HaChashverosh. He's the Mishneh Lamelech. What's the Mishneh Lamelech? Who else was the Mishneh Lamelech? Yosef. Okay. Vagadol Yehudim, and he is the Godol of the Jews. Veratsui Lerov Echav, and he is Ratsui. Ratsui means he's like um, they like him. Who? Rov Echav, most of his brothers. Not everybody. Welcome to public life. Okay, now listen carefully to what it says here, which is quite fascinating. Rashi says, Ratsui Echav, Echav, not to all his brothers. Melamed comes to teach us, Shepirshu Mimenu Miktsat Sanhedrin, that some of the members of the Sanhedrin, we are talking about the Gedole Yisrael, some of the members of the Sanhedrin removed themselves from him because he started operating within a political environment. He was close to the king. And because he was no longer 100% full-time with the Sanhedrin, he had to spend some time not learning. That's fascinating. Okay? It's fascinating. So here we have Mordechai who is the big tzaddik, saved the entire Jewish people, between him and his uh, niece, wife, whatever she was, right? And within five minutes, there's already a problem. Because he's become close to the king. Because he's become close to the king, he's not learning as much as he, as he should be, because that's a judgment call, right? Nonetheless, we'll get to this. What was he doing with the king? Was he having like uh, cucumber sandwiches at Buckingham Palace? He was Doresh Tovla Amor. His whole thing was to ensure that Amisro were okay. 
And he was involved in making sure that his whole people would be a people that were living now in Shalom and could continue their lives in the way that they needed to live. We have no clue. It's the end of Mordechai. That's it. So the Makamim are a little bit different because the Makamim lasts for 400 years. They did, and they, and they took over the kingship of the of the of the people. That they went a little bit uh, off the rails. They uh, became reformed, right? So they, they really went a bit off the rails in many ways. So Mordechai, we don't know. We don't we don't know much about, right? We never knew much about him anyway, right? We knew he was an Ish uh, Ishimini, a man from the tribe of Binyamin. It doesn't say that. It could be. It could be that he was. I think the army Russian that mentioned that. It could be, but we don't know. We just introduced him. But he has a man who, who may have been the highest or the lowest level of the Sanhedrin. We don't know. Okay, I'm not from the Pshat. There's stories about him, whatever. But from the Pshat, all we know is he's a man who's born from Binyamin. He's a man who fulfills his destiny. And in fulfilling his destiny and his DNA, in inverted commas, right, he becomes the man... The Mishneh Lamelech. Yeah? Who else became the Mishneh Lamelech by fulfilling their DNA? Yosef HaTzadik. What was Yosef's thing is not to become enmeshed in, the, in two things. In the seduction of Potiphar's wife and in the, and the revenge against his brothers. Right? And it's an amazing thing when you really think about it. Is that this is the man who is what? Who is the younger, is from the youngest brother of Yosef. He's the one who received all the love. And what he's prepared to do is he's prepared to give up on his own self in order to ensure that I'm Israel are okay. And I think those are the lessons that we have to teach our children and ourselves. Have a beautiful, beautiful day.